Abundance of love, abundance of grace, down to that cross, you took my place, oh God, you paid my ransom, my ransom, Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. Chapter uh, chapter 2, verse 9, the Bible says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, Jesus is more than enough because Jesus is God pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for this church and for each person who's here today. God, I ask you to anoint me to say things that would honor you and be sound doctrine. Teach us today is our prayer by your word, through your spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus is more than enough. For some of you that uh, have been around for a while and you've picked up on or we've talked about it, you know how I typically listen to music. I don't listen to uh, music in my vehicle. I I keep my radio off most of the time, prayer, think, reflect, let God talk to me. But when I listen to music, what I like to do, and you don't have to do this, I'm just saying for me, I put one song on a loop and I just let it permeate my spirit for at least an hour. And uh, (laughs) I have just been on this song for about Two weeks. Anybody, anybody ever heard that song, He's More Than Enough? For me, Jesus is all I need. Um, I'm not saying it's, it's uh, a perfect song, but it, it's, I've just been marinating on that for a while. I hope that you include good Christian music in your daily walk with Christ. We need to pray. We need to Bible study. Uh, we need to meditate on the Word. We need to obey God. And we need to spend time in personal praise and worship before the Lord. But I want to back up from verse 9 for just a second and, and set some context by reading verse 8 in Colossians 2.8. The Bible says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Now, God inspired the Apostle Paul to write this passage to Christians in a city called Colossae. They were known as Colossians. Uh, Jacksonville is such a long word, it's weird to say what people from Jacksonville are called because it sounds like, you know, they're, they're the, the bad guy in a movie. Jacksonvillians. <laughs> but these were Colossians, and they had problems. Say problems. problems. It's always been problems, but they had some very specific problems problems and so in verse 8 he tells them don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies now why would God tell his children because this is written to Christians to not let anyone capture them with empty philosophy because it happens and we need to be on the lookout for that not just empty philosophies but I love this phrase high sounding nonsense If you want to know what high-sounding nonsense is, turn on your Christian radio or your Christian television and listen to these liars preach 
for, uh, and beg for money for an hour, and you'll know, oh, that sounds like high-sounding nonsense. That come, where does it come from? Human thinking. Not just human thinking. It says, and. What's and mean? There's more. It's not just, it doesn't just come from human thinking, but it also comes from the spiritual powers of this world. Now, here's the thing. There are two major powers in the world today, and that's God and the devil. That's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the enemy. And if it doesn't come from God and it's a spiritual power of this world, you ought to know who it comes from. Because everything that God is trying to do, the devil wants to undo. I've told you many times that God is a creator, but the devil is an imitator. And every time God sets something in order, the devil wants to come along and try to mess it up. And this was happening then. It's been happening from the beginning, and it's still happening today. And we need to be careful. Say careful. You need to be careful. You need to be on the lookout for anybody, me, Bishop Bobo, whoever, that they are not shoving empty philosophy into your brain or high-sounding nonsense. We don't gather together to listen to philosophy. We don't gather together to listen to high-sounding nonsense. We gather together to read, listen, and learn the infallible, perfect, eternal word of the living God. I wish that was true everywhere. I wish it was. Last month, when, 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 when I took some time off to spend with my son, I, I actually dipped in. I'm not even going to tell you what churches I dipped into. But let me tell you what I heard. Empty philosophy and high-sounding nonsense. Go ahead and listen to your favorite big church preacher. They're going to be talking about how to win in the workplace. That ain't a Christian message. That's some motivational jargon that just anybody could listen to. But there's a good reason why they do these things. There's a, there's a good reason why they, they love to fill up uh, their room with people that are persuaded by empty philosophies. Uh, the largest church in America. I got no problem with Joel Osteen. Um, he says for himself, he's not a preacher. He says that openly. When he came to do a crusade in Jacksonville, he had all the pastors meet together, and he said, he said of himself, I feel certain that although I have the largest church of any pastor in this room, that I know less about the Bible than all you wonderful men sitting before me. And now one person in the room disagreed. When Larry King, on Larry King Live, asked Joel Osteen, America's pastor, um, do, do, do good people go to heaven? Do Jews go to heaven? Do Muslims go to heaven? Do, do you have to be? He said, well, I don't really like to talk about that, Larry. You know, life's hard. And I like to focus on the positive Man, I'm going to tell you something. A third-grade Sunday school teacher at a missionary Baptist church commented on that show and said, 
I don't know much, but I can tell you you can't go to heaven without Jesus. What's that man thinking? Oh, he's going to tell you a story about daddy. He'll even tell you he didn't want to be the pastor because his older brother was a preacher and on staff in the church, and he was much more gifted and anointed to be the pastor, but daddy wanted Joe. I can give you about three different Bible stories where something crazy like that happened. Your father blessed the wrong one at the end of a lifetime. I'm going to keep moving. Lots of empty philosophies out there. People, people preaching sermonettes, the Christianettes sucking on cigarettes, eating in dinettes because they ain't been delivered yet. People are like, Pastor. Somebody told me one time that I should go to a conference and learn how to grow a larger church. And I told him, I've been to all those conferences. I grew up in this thing. My whole adult life I've spent in ministry. I went to the largest pastor's conference in America for church growth. And five minutes into it, I knew I had wasted money on the tickets to get there. He, he said, I'm, I'm going to give you some high points, and I'll expound on them through the rest of the week. Number one, never preach longer than 25 minutes. People are busy, and they have things to do. I'm like, I ain't never seen a football game last 25 minutes. Plenty of people show up for that. I've never seen a movie last 25 minutes. People show up for that. Then he said, and don't say anything that might cause what some people call conviction, because that's just putting guilt on people, and people get beat up by the world all week long, and they need to be encouraged when they come to church. Well, I don't see any of the prophets of God following that pattern. The apostle Paul certainly didn't follow that pattern. Then he said, never go past 12 o'clock because people have in their mind church should be over by 12 o'clock. And he said, never preach on sin. At that point, I'm like, okay, this dude, he's, he's going to hell for sure. You give me three minutes on that microphone, I have you and all the rest of these preachers going to heaven. <laughs> Empty philosophies, high-sounding nonsense. People love it. Oh, people love it. But you go all the way back to Ezekiel Day. They said, don't tell us all that hard stuff, preacher. Tell us smooth things. Tell us easy things. Tell us things that make us feel good. I, I, I'm going to say it to you again. If this building is on fire and Deacon Dixon was nodded off asleep, I wouldn't just tell y'all, hey, y'all be quiet as we leave here. We don't want to disturb Deacon Dixon. The building's on fire, but he's sleeping, and it wouldn't be nice to disturb his sleep. Works hard. Uh, let's just let him have it. No. You just start screaming to everybody, get out, get out. It's on fire. Well, you, well, I just, I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to tell other people what to do. Yes, you would. You run through your house screaming at everybody, get up, get out. It's burning down. Dina and, uh, y'all weren't there, were you? Who was it? Y'all in the bridges? They had a cabin uh, up, up in the mountains, 
and they, they rented this cabin for a week. It was the first night. First night they got there, they thought, ooh, we're up in this cold mountains, the Floridians. They said, let's start a fire. It's hilarious that homes in Jacksonville, Florida have fireplaces. Come on, man. It's even more hilarious. I see people in business selling firewood on 103rd Street. Come on, man. Anyway, so they, they, they decided they'd have a fire. Well, the house wasn't constructed properly, and it didn't have the right type of, uh, yeah, uh, to, to guard against. The whole house caught on fire. Ruined their clothes. Their clothes washed five, six, seven times. Still smelled like a fire pit. Smoke filled up the place. They had to run outside. Now, would it have been kind-hearted if that had been? If I'd have been in there sleeping? And 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 a lot of people think, well, I don't want to bother Pastor because he's busy. It, uh, I don't want to bother him because he's tired. Uh, it, would it have been kind and decent and upright for them to have said, well, we could wake him up, but you know. He works so hard. He's probably tired. No, you got to scream it from the mountaintops. This joint's on fire. Get out. We got pastors filling up pulpits with high-sounding nonsense, trying to make people happy so they can grow bigger churches, so they can have more money and buy more planes. But God is speaking through the Apostle Paul to the church at Colossae, and they were dealing with two major heresies at, at that point in time. They, they were dealing with what's called syncretism and Gnosticism. And these are words we don't hear much about because most pastors can't preach against syncretism and they surely can't preach against Gnosticism because they're, they're knee deep and, and neck deep in it. But I, I want to let you know because the Bible tells us we got to be careful. We got to watch out for this stuff. So we need to know. What it is. You got those definitions for me? Syncretism involves the merging or assimilation of several originally discrete traditions, especially in theology and mythology of religion, thus asserting an underlying unity and allowing for an inclusive approach to other faiths. What does that mean? They watered down the book so much that people from other faiths could come in there and see stuff that looked like what they believed in. And America is the number one violator in the world of this foolishness right here. Because for the last, I, don't, I don't remember in 1980, the, the great Homer G. Lindsay Jr., the First Baptist Church downtown Jacksonville, preached a graduation service. I don't even know if they have pastors come to graduation services anymore. Um, but this was in the 80s. And Dr. Lindsay stood up and told the church, he said, uh, they told me that I could come and offer a prayer, but not to pray in Jesus' name or to mention Jesus because we want to be tolerant and inclusive of our Muslim brothers. I don't have Muslim brothers. If you're a Christian, you don't have Muslim brothers or sisters. It's not, you know, it, it might upset some of our Hindu brethren. Well, Christians don't have Hindu brethren. The Bible says we're all the children of God by faith in Christ. And it was hilarious because he was telling what he did. 
he got up and he congratulated the graduates and you know, greeted the family members and friends that were there. And he said, now, when they asked me to say this prayer, they told me I can't pray in Jesus' name because I might offend somebody. They said I could pray, but just say to God. Very generic. Could apply to anything. Uh, if you don't believe me, go to AA meeting. God, higher power. I, I, know, I know a man who he carries a rock in his pocket. That's his higher power. He leans on that rock. And a, a dog, anything. And so Dr. Lindsay, and there are no preachers like him left, very many anyway. And he got up and said, they told me I can't talk about Jesus. But if I was going to talk about Jesus, I would tell you he's the only begotten son of God who died on a cross 2,000 years ago to make payment for the sins of every human being on this planet. And he went on a 30-minute tangent about if I was going to tell you about Jesus. They didn't invite him back. Look at every stage in every political arena in America, because America is the number one violator of this, this heresy. Every state. If they invite a pastor, there's also a rabbi sitting up there, an imam sitting up there. Uh, uh, there there's uh, somebody representing the LGBTQPIA++ community. Used to be in America, you're going to have some type of rally. You're going to have somebody you want to pray for your cause. They just invite the pastor. Well, are, are all these other religions new? They're not new. Secretism's not even new, but nobody's ever bowed to it the way America has. Take a little bit of this religion and a little bit of that religion. Water down the parts that, that keep people away, like preaching on sin and telling them that holiness is the standard, and without holiness, no one will see God. That's what the Bible says. Uh, but you got to water it down and bring in, bring in some type of things so everybody will feel comfort, comfortable. Listen, if you ain't never been in a real Bible teaching church, if you never sat under a real man or woman of God, you might not have experienced this. But I want to tell you something. When truth starts getting told, comfort ain't on the agenda. Look at the life of Jesus Christ. We're reading the Gospel of Mark as our book of the month this month. Look at the life of Christ. Every time the crowds would get big because he was feeding them or doing miracles, they loved Jesus. They came to watch the show. They came to get something for their flesh. They, they, they came to say they saw it. Every time a bunch of them would get gathered around, Jesus would either leave them and go to a solitary place or he would say something so deep that they were like, I can't get with that. He said, if you don't love, if you don't hate your mother and father, you, you, you can't be my follower. Now, he didn't mean for nobody to hate their mother and father. He was saying in comparison to your love for him. He said, if you're not willing to die for me, you don't deserve to follow me. If you put your hand to the plow and you look back, you're not even worthy to be called my disciple. He said, if you don't drink my blood and eat my flesh. And people are like, mm, I can't deal with all that, man. That's a, that's a, that's a lot. I got to get up here to Bobo's church where he's talking about how to win with your woman. Water down, water down, water down, water down. 
we're living in the first generation of Americans that have uh, prominent, large churches being pastored by outright, openly flaming homosexual pastors. And everybody thinks, it's just so great because we love everyone. God is a God of love. God is a God of love. And he's also a God of mercy. And he's also a God of justice. You can be a loving parent, but if you don't spank your children when they mess up, you miss the whole point. And you didn't read the Bible. So they take different types of religious elements and they tie them all together for the purpose of inclusion. So everybody will feel like, oh, I can dig that. I, 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 can, I can accept that. It's not about what we can accept. It's about what we can believe is true and follow. Mm. Then the other one, problem they were having, not just syncretism, but Gnosticism. The word Gnostic means to know. And Greeks were particularly plagued with the desire to accumulate knowledge. Gnostics pretended that they had higher knowledge of mysterious things, and the Gnostics used to love to talk of the mysteries. And you had to be really initiated into their little club to be able to understand these mysteries. And they're always using this term, the mysteries of God. And if you think that's not going on in America today, you're not keeping your eyes wide open. Because there are people out there telling lie after lie after lie. And, and listen, they do this thing. Why? Because it makes them seem more special than the average Christian. They got a deeper insight that we don't have. This thing... Uh, crept into my own family. Gail's sister who died several years after Gail died, uh, near the end of her life, uh, she adopted some uh, spiritualist guru that changed her name. She changed her name on Facebook to some, some weird name. And she said that God had revealed to her through her guru that Everything the church is teaching is wrong, and he has shown her the right way, and she needs to be telling everybody about it. I'm sitting there thinking, everybody, you can't tell me nothing about God. I'm just a country boy from Jacksonville. You're going to go tell the whole world how you've got insight that everybody, listen, number the, the, one of the number one, and I know Shannon has to deal with this in counseling. One of the number one things that will prove that you are completely crazy is delusions of grandeur. Delusions of grandeur. Man, when I ran the labor pool downtown on the corner of Beaver and Main Street, put to work 400 homeless crack addicts every day, I always had at least five or ten former deacons and pastors in the crowd. They'd bring me their ordination papers, and, and they would say, uh, Bob's man, you know, I'm, I'm, you know I'm, 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 I'm going through right now, but, you know, uh, for real, for real, I, uh, you know, I was preaching. I used to be preaching. And, 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 and God told me, for real now, I ain't playing with you. No, you know, I know you. I know how you're looking at me right now. And, you know, yeah, I'm down right now. And, you know, that, 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 that stem's got me real bad right now. But God told me 
that when I put this stem down, I'm going to be the biggest preacher, the most noted preacher in the whole world just as soon as I go back to preaching. If you've never done street ministry, you ain't run into them, but they're out there. Delusions of grandeur. This is what these people have. They, they felt like uh, because they had superior knowledge that, and deep insight to things that others didn't know about, that they were a higher class of Christian. And we got that still going on in the earth today. Now, in this particular case, in the book of Colossians, that, that, that particular church, they were trying to fuse, bring different religion. They were trying to fuse together Jewish legalism with Greek philosophy, Gnosticism, and Oriental mysticism. And that's what we're doing today. Now, I don't believe that continued from the first century all the way through till now. Because trust me, a hundred years ago, people were standing flat foot in the pulpit preaching the truth. Some of y'all wasn't around for that generation of holiness living folk. People who, now we've got the entire unsaved world convinced nobody in that church is living what they say they're living. Because they've seen such shabby living. But it wasn't always that way. There used to be people serious about their faith. But, but now that uh, syncretism and Gnosticism have, in the last hundred years, found a foothold in the church, uh, we're having to deal with the same problems that they were dealing with before. And li- listen, you better be real careful before you run off to some conference with, with, with some high-sounding nonsense being taught because the Bible says you got to be on the watch for that. you got to look out. Uh, when, when you sit and you position yourself to receive the word of the Lord, you better make sure it's the word of the Lord. You hear me say something that ain't in the Bible, you go home, cross-check it, call me on the phone. We'll, we'll hash it out. I changed my opinion on a lot of stuff. I was taught some wrong stuff as a young Christian that I had to have a more mature Christians come to me and say, well, Pastor, that's, that, you know, let's take a look at this. And I'm like, hmm, okay. Uh, people are out there talking bad. Now, before I go on to my next point, let, let me say this, because I've had so many people come up to me, because back, back in the day, I used to preach so hard and so long Lay everybody out in the room with oil in every service. Uh, but I, I used to call out local liars left, right, and sideways. I used to call them out by name. And some, some egghead would always come to me and say, Well, Pastor Scott, it's not really kind-hearted to, to call these people heretics and liars just because you don't like them got nothing to do with me liking them if they're preaching heresy they're a heretic if they're lying they're a liar if it's nonsense it's nonsense and they say well it's just it's just not it it's it makes people uncomfortable because it comes across as mean so god said to make a note of those who bring to you a doctrine other than one you receive uh uh, you you, you got to point them out. 
Paul said Alexander. He didn't just say Alexander because they might have had more than one Alexander in the town. He said Alexander the coppersmith had done me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his foolishness. Well, Apostle Paul, you really shouldn't call him out by name. He didn't stop there. He said Hymenaeus and Philetus are liars and you shouldn't listen to them. So before you come to me with your new age, politically correct, HR approved, EEO happening speech of, well, pastor, why do you have to call them out by name? Because I want the children of God to know these liars are liars and to stay away from them. In, in, in Romans 16, 17. God inspired the Apostle Paul to tell the church at Rome this. And now I make one more appeal. <laughs> he was long-winded. People used to fall out. He used to preach for three hours plus. And people fall asleep, fall out windows, and die. Read the Bible. You'll find out. He said, now I make one more appeal. The whole church is like. Then he softened it up. My dear brothers and sisters. He said, watch out for people who cause division and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. You don't even have to be a theologian to understand the last four words in this verse. You don't have to speak Hebrew or Greek. You don't have to have any study guide in your background to understand what it means to stay away from them. That it, it says what it says, and it means what it says. And we don't have to look far to find these kind of liars. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to put one on blast today because I'm tired of people private messaging me about this foolish man named uh, John Anosiki. He is a liar, a false teacher, and he's pastoring over 8,000 people in one church in Africa and traveling to the whole world and everybody's flocking to him like he's the second coming of Jesus Christ. This is off his website. This ain't my opinion of him. This is what his website says about Pastor John Anasaki. He calls himself the bondservant of Christ. The bondservant of Christ is called by God as a watcher of realms. Now, does this sound like some Bible stuff or some high-sounding nonsense? He's a watcher of realms of glorification and redemption of the human body. Called, now what that means, and he's teaching everybody that if you're a Christian, you don't ever have to die. You can live for thousands of years. Okay, can't prove that. Called by, called of God to apostle the gospel of sonship and immortality. Oh, he got 8,000 Africans coming to his church in Cape Town every Sunday, but believing that they, Ebola, COVID, nothing's going to come out of them. And they're dying every day. <laughs> Look at this. This is off his website. A custodian of the dimensions. Don't this sound like somebody wants you to think he's got some insight you don't have? This dude is a flat-out Gnostic teaching lies to the whole world. He, a custodian of the dimensions, realms of fire, transformation, and teletransportation. 
this dude, Scotty from Star Trek, he going to beam you up? He's telling millions, of, and this guy has hundreds of millions of dollars in, in his ministry, and he's got millions of followers following him. Ain't no real crit. Do you think grandmama who went to church in walking distance from her house, read her Bible every day, preached the truth about Jesus, you think grandmama would have rushed off to hear some liar talking about realms of fire and teletransportation, she'd have called him out. Outside body experiences, visions of heaven, and throw this in for the Christians, visions of Jesus. Listen to this. He carries an electrical surge of dynamo and glory. So not only is this man a Gnostic, a liar, a false prophet, he's also a blasphemer. Running a big campaign right now. And, and, and hey, you want to be a liar and a, and a blasphemer in South Africa? I ain't for it, but, you know, I ain't in South Africa either. Elder Keon. We, 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 we got any South Africans hitting the website, listening to the messages? I don't even remember all the countries. We got a report one time. We had like 45 different countries were, were tapping into the messages of abundant life. Somebody need to tell them South Africans the truth because this man certainly is not doing it. He's pastoring the largest church there. But right around the corner from us, Atlanta, Georgia, y'all know about the – uh, the dirty ATL, uh, lar largest African-American city in America. If you didn't know, now you know. New Birth Missionary Baptist Church is a megachurch in unincorporated DeKalb County, Georgia, that has embraced, this is right out of Wikipedia, that has embraced a Pentecostal theology not typically found in African-American Baptist churches. Why? Because most African-American Baptist churches are preaching about Jesus, and this church that was founded by Eddie Long, that has 25,000 people showing up every Sunday, that's now being pastored by the liar Jamal Bryant, Jamal Harrison Bryant, they got the bond servant of Christ coming to their mega church. What day is it? I'll tell you the date. You can you ride up there and we'll listen to him. You can die and go to hell too. December 13th. What in the world does one of the largest, this might be the largest black church in America. They're going to bring this liar in there to teach them how to teletransport up into different realms. But think about it. Think how special they must feel. Have you been teleported through the realm of fire yet, Mr. Dixon? Well, if you haven't, then they're better than you, yeah. Ridiculous. You don't see it in the Bible. You never saw Paul doing any of this stuff. Paul did get taken up to heaven one time in a vision or maybe for real. He said he don't even know. And he said the things that he saw weren't lawful to discuss. We got all these people talking all this yak. 
25,000 people showing up to listen to Ryan. You say, well, at least it's in Atlanta. Well, maybe, maybe you weren't there June 6th at 6 p.m. at the Prime Osborne Convention Center in Jacksonville, Florida, when this liar descended on Jacksonville and had standing room only. Why do people want to believe that there's some type of mystery that we can sneak into, some type of cool, weird thing that's not in the Bible that, that we can tap into and make ourselves more dynamic and more powerful and full of glory? Because they don't believe Jesus is enough. Churches didn't used to mind being little. Little churches built this country. Churches didn't mind being small community churches. They helped the community. And people knew they could go there and, and, get, and get some food and get a little bit of help every now and then. But in the 70s, when a handful of churches said, hey, look, if we water this thing down more, we can get more people to start coming. And if more people start coming, we could hire more staff. And if we hire more staff, our jobs will be easier. And we'll have more power in the city. And we'll all make more money. And we drive big and live big. And the birth of that megachurch came to America. Find one that's preaching the flat-footed truth. And I'll show you a church that's been around for a long time and grew steady. Not some, but they got churches now, three months into being a church, running 5,000 people. Why? Because they're following a cookie-cutter methodology of how to draw in a bunch of lost people to sit in your church so they'll feel better about themselves, teaching, teaching philanthropic lifestyle and charitable giving, taking what, I told you all about that one church, <laughs> right, here in our, right here in our community. They decided, you know what, we need to do more for the community, to which I say amen. What they decided they'd do is they would pay, and anybody can do this, you can get any water. You can call Zephyr Hills up and say, hey, I, 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 I want to get Sean's water bottle printed on that label. No, no Zephyr Hills, just my name on it, uh, and I have my own private label water bottle. And, and they'll do it. And so they decided, let's get private label water bottles with our church name on it, and let's go up and, and hand out water to all the kids. There's so many kids at them 14 soccer fields in Fleming Island playing soccer every weekend. Uh, and we could pass out water. I checked it out. I went and watched. Those kids' parents were sitting on $300 coolers with, with muscle milk and Powerade and gas. They didn't need that water. They wouldn't give water out to West Chase Apartments, though, now would they? Teaching, let, let, let's, let's do random acts of kindness, to which I say fantastic. But you're just making a bunch of lost people feeling good about them, their lostness by going out and doing something nice for folk while everybody's still going to hell. Mm. Jacksonville, Florida, hosted this man June 6th. He is putting on several of the largest crusades this year that the world will have ever seen. He is hosting a three-day crusade in India. It's called Three Days of Extraordinary Encounters and Miracles. 
Now, if you put on a crusade that says three days of accurate Bible teaching and prayer, uh, you couldn't afford a plane ticket to India, Doc, not for that. That's not enough. He's doing that on September 23rd, three days. So that's the 23rd, 24th, 25th. Uh, three days later, he's starting another three-day crusade, billing it as the largest crusade in Asia. Going to the Philippines for another three-day crusade of extraordinary encounters. He's going to teach people how to walk through the realms of fire and be teletrans. That has got nothing to do with God. So why are people going? Because it makes them feel special. Because here, here's what, here's what we, we used to sing a song in the old church. Give me that old-time religion. Some of y'all never heard that song. Give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. It was good for mama and daddy. It was good for mama and daddy. It was good for mama and daddy. It's good enough for me. It was good for Paul and Silas. Oh, it was good for Paul and Silas. It was good for Paul and Silas. It's good enough for me. But they looked at grandmama. No two nickels to rub together. But she had that joy, 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 joy down in her heart. She died and went to heaven. And she felt like being able to read her Bible, talk to God, know the truth, and to have the Holy Spirit leading and guiding her was enough, even though she was broke as cute around slop mule, didn't have no wealth to, to, to lean on, and didn't have to feel like she was more special than anybody else. Humble servitude was enough for her. And guess what? That's not enough for Americans today. Well, what am I going to get if I embrace your religion? Because Oprah's got a guru, a spiritualist, that, that promises to bring abundance into your life. That, that promises to bring miracles and money into your life. Now, let, let me ask you this. Think about it. And, and, and some of y'all are lost. Uh, everybody in this room ain't saved. It'd be ridiculous to believe that. The Bible says uh, that the road to heaven is narrow, few there be that find it. But if you're saved, think about how, how a lost person would view this. And if you're lost, think about how you would view it. Do you think the average lost person would rather learn how to perform miracles, walk through the realms of fire, and be teletransported all around the planet, or would like to hear about humble servitude, obedience, and chastisement? It's no mystery why some churches are huge. Most heretics in America are much more subtle than this, this, this nut job here, though. Why you got to call him a nut job? Because he's, he's crazy. He's mentally off. Anybody, anybody believes that they're filled with, 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 the, with the glory of God and saying the things he's saying is gone. But most heretics in pulpits are more subtle than, than that guy. But we see it all around America. Churches embracing uh, syncretism, mixing false religions and worldly ideas. Uh, the one, probably at the time, they were the fourth largest church in America. Uh, Pastor Rick Warren, Saddleback Community Church, Purpose Driven Life, Purpose Driven Church, Purpose Driven Teenage Ministry, Purpose Driven Toilet Cleaning, and all the other books he made money on. 
I was at his church when he told the story. This ain't hearsay. This firsthand knowledge. He talked about how awesome it was because he was talking about using cultural relevance to reach more people. I thought, mm, I don't know about that. I mean, sure, if we put a stripper pole up in here and gave away free beer and wings, we'd have more people in here than we got right now. How many of y'all know that? I mean, if we, if we put a big screen TV in here uh, and had, had free beer, pizza, and wings and, and uh, watch, watch a bunch of sports games on, on television and everybody got free lap dances, just be packed out. He talking about use, use, using things to draw people in and, and so you can reach more people for Jesus. God ain't trying to reach nobody for Jesus with foolishness. It's, it's like the, 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 the account in the Bible that talks about the rich man uh, and, and, and Lazarus. The rich man died in hell. He lifted up his eyes. He saw Father Abraham way off. He said, send somebody to go warn my brothers about this place. Abraham said, they got Moses and the prophets. This ain't no specialty religion. This you come and don't. He said, yeah, but they won't, come, they, won't, they won't come that way. They need something more. They need somebody to rise from the dead and come back to them and, and tell them what it's really like. And Abraham said, if they won't hear Moses and the prophets, they can go to where you are. Quote Bishop Smith, somebody's got to go to hell. And there's so many people going, and it's a shame. But these people mixing these worldly ideas, Rick Warren said it when I was in his church. He said he was so excited they had set an all-time attendance record for their mega church. He said, and, and the, he was using this as his example of being culturally relevant to draw in more people. And they, they, they always claim that they want to draw in more people so that more people can be exposed to Christianity. That ain't what they're trying to do. Uh, or, or they'd preach the truth. The Bible says God chose by foolishness and preaching to save them which would believe. The Bible says the preaching of the cross is uh, to them that are perishing foolishness. But to those of us who are saved, it is the power of God unto salvation. And so he said the way they did it. Now imagine this. Southern California, where his church is, massive church, hundreds of thousands of people. They invited and had opened their service doing three songs. Carlos Santana, because he had just won the Grammy for his new album, Smooth, at the time. And there were a lot of Hispanics that loved Carlos Santana in Southern California. And Carlos Santana has ties to the Satanic Church. But they were so determined to be culturally relevant, they thought, who can we pay to come in here and entertain these people so we can have the largest crowd we ever had? We had a church around the corner. I don't know if they paid him or not. But they had the fake Van Zant. Uh, you know, the real, the real Leonard Skinner Van Zant died in a plane crash in, in the seventies. But now Leonard Skinner's still torn around. Uh, his brother uh, is, is, is taking his spot. Sounds a lot like him. Looks a lot like him. He he went to a church right here in Jacksonville. 
And they ran the biggest ad campaign, and him sitting in his car, arm out the window. I'm talking about a real redneck. I hope he has air conditioning. Arm out the car. He said, hello, Jacksonville. This is Johnny Van Zant from Leonard Skinner. And you can come and see me at so-and-so church. They're actually, they love us so much, they're doing an eight-part series on songs by Leonard Skinner. Now, how many of y'all believe, as long as I'm alive and drawing breath on this planet, how many of y'all think we're going to have Carlos Santana or Leonard Skinner come up in the church and play some music for the devil? Not going to happen. Just in case you were wondering. Just in case you were wondering. Syncretism. Watering stuff down. Dragging in other types of belief systems that have never been associated with Christianity for the purpose of inclusion and drawing more people in. Let me tell you something. The church... Uh, the, all, all these mega churches preaching nothing so they can have a, a room full of lost people give them money they're not helping anybody get to heaven one of the largest seeker driven churches that's the kind of church I'm talking about in the world the father of the movement is a man named Bill Hybels out of Willow Creek Church Bill Hybels was on the cover of Charisma magazine it looked like a, a, a who was the guy that got up and apologized to everybody when they caught him with hookers um Jimmy Swag looked like a Jimmy Swagger moment. He was crying in the picture, covered Charisma magazine, and he said, I repent. We have failed. For 40 years, he's pastored a church and only preached what the congregants turned in cards on uh, what they would like to hear preached about. He'd always do surveys because he wanted to keep people happy so they'd keep coming and sending money. And... How many of y'all think I'm going to preach something just because you want me to? Especially if it ain't in the Bible. We can talk about it. We can go to lunch on it. But God tells me what to preach. i got to give an account for every word I say. The Scripture says. Where was I going with that? Who was I talking about? Bill Hybels. He said on the cover... Or inside the cover, when he told the story, he said, we have been driven by the whims of the people. I have preached based on surveys for our church. And the most recent survey we did was the biggest eye-opener I've experienced in 40 years of ministry. He asked his church, how many of y'all read the Bible at home or say prayers at home? And over 90% of the people in his church indicated that they don't. He said, we have failed to raise self-feeders. And I love that description, self-feeders. Let me tell you something. If all the gods you get is in here for an hour and a half, uh, you were spiritually weak. But these churches are growing because people, they're, they're right in their theory. They're right in their theory. You want a lot of people to show up. You, you just can't stand up and, and preach to people because they'll get offended and they'll leave and they'll go back to the church where, where they, they don't ever talk about anything. We got, we got worship, praise and worship leaders. Some, some of y'all been to a church. Now, don't, don't say you have if you haven't. God's watching. Anybody in this church ever been 
to an African-American church where you were sure in your heart that that man leading the praise and worship had a whole five-pound bag of sugar in his tank. Anybody? Yeah. Some of them got a 10-pound bag. Why do these churches let these gay worship leaders come in there and talk about a holy God and sing songs that they don't live about? You want to know why? They're the most talented people out there. Some of your favorite singers. What was my man's name? He died a handful of years ago. He was the biggest name in gospel music. Played the piano. Who? James Cleveland. Gay as all day. Gay as all day. Multi-platinum record selling dude. Dietrich Haddon was on that ridiculous show, Preachers of L.A., proudly bragging about shacking up with his girlfriend and told all the other, don't talk to me about what I'm doing because you're doing something too. That's why they're all scared to stand up and tell the truth because they don't want to get outed. Why do you think that man got, uh, hung himself in prison a couple years ago? What was his name? Epstein, Weinstein, which one? Yeah. Dude had an island where they were, where they were raping children. Well, let me tell you something. Records showed, now I, ain't, I ain't hating. I got nothing wrong. I got nothing against Bill or Hillary. Uh, records show that Bill had flown in there 15 times in a two-month period. Now, let me tell you what I do know about Bill and Hillary. You can edit this out. Anybody that puts their mouth on Bill and Hillary comes up dead. They say the man hung himself. He was about to, he was about to face life in prison or had turned states. He, that, 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 uh, that, uh, that prince uh, that married Megan Markell, uh, whatever his name is, he was, a, he was a frequent visitor there too, pedophile. He was about to tell all the stories to get his sentence reduced. And then, and then they said he hung himself in jail uh, and it just so happened that, yes, he was in a high-security jail, uh, but both of the guards mistakenly took their break at the same time, and the surveillance camera had a glitch in it at that exact moment, and it wasn't working at the time. So I come up dead this week. I already told some of y'all, because some of y'all are looking out for me. If I come up dead... And they say it was a suicide. That's a lie. You say, well, Pastor, anybody, hey, I got suicide run deep in my family, but I made a decision a long time ago. Number one, I'm not going to do that to my children. And I'm definitely not going to do it to my sister because she has to be the one to come clean the blood up. But beyond all that, I've been telling the truth for so long in this one city that I grew up in. I got lots of folk hating on me. The Bible says if you correct a fool, they'll hate you. I ain't going to take myself out and give all them haters the joy. Then they'll come up in here, come to the funeral to make sure I'm really dead. You tell them they can leave. 
they try some stuff like that, this leaks out, you know, and they, and they, they clip me off, it wasn't suicide. I ain't going out like that. But they're trying to draw in more people, more people, more people, more people. More. What difference does it make if you've got 50,000 people in your church, but 49,000 of them are on the way to hell? The Bible says the natural person doesn't receive the things of the Spirit. They're foolishness to them. They can't even understand them. Lost people can't get worship. Lost people can't understand biblical truth. But this movement's growing all over America. Gnosticism, syncretism. And I told you the reason. Because the majority of Americans don't feel like Jesus is enough. See, here, 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 here's what Jesus offers you if you come to him. A life of submission. Humility. Servitude. Putting aside your own desires to embrace his desires. You couldn't sell that to anybody. That's why I'm glad Christians are not selling Christianity. We're just giving anybody who wants some to come get some. But people don't want what Jesus has to offer. They're more concerned about this life than they are the next life. And I want to tell you something. I've had so many people ask me, Pastor, when am I going to get me mine? I serve the Lord, and I'm tired of seeing all my brothers they don't even follow Jesus, and they're all doing better than me. You got your eyes on the wrong thing. The Bible said not to envy evildoers anyway. Read the scripture. But it also says that there's going to come a day where every wrong's going to be made right. The great preacher R.G. Lee, his most famous sermon was called Payday Someday. And he was talking about that very thing. He said, listen, some of y'all have been serving God in hardship for decades. I just want you to know that you got a payday someday. God is going to reward you. He said, some of y'all, y'all been getting away with evil and foolishness for so long. You think you're skating by God? Let me tell you the same thing. You got a payday coming too. There's a payday coming. And we need to be in Christianity not so we can teletransport ourselves and have some magical power to, to name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, and live forever in this miserable world, sin-sick place that it is, racist, hateful place that it is. I'm not trying to live in this world forever to begin with. All I want to do is stay faithful to the end, die and see Jesus. But what's working in America today is self-exaltation. I'm just using that example. I ain't got no heat on anybody. If they preach Jesus, I'm for them. Paul, Paul said he knew some people preached Jesus a different way than he did. He said, but anyway, Jesus preached, I rejoice. I feel the same way. But let me tell you how subtle. I told you some, most preachers are more subtle. The old preacher said subtle. How many of y'all remember that? so subtle it sounded so good he had the whole churches everywhere screaming it in church the right reverend Jesse Jackson former presidential candidate said I am 
Y'all act like y'all don't know. <laughs> and they would just go back and forth. Now look how subtle this is. So, somebody tell me where, where the subtle evil is in doing that. When you say I am, you've blasphemed. That's why the religious leaders wanted Jesus dead. He made so many I am statements. He, he claimed to be God. You walk around with this whole I am somebody mindset, you, you got trouble. But these big churches, they're focusing on money, exalting self, showing people stuff, trendy stuff that looks cool but ain't in the Bible. In 1 Corinthians 1.22, the Bible says it's foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven. He's talking about the truth of God. It's foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven. And it's foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. They want signs and wonders, and they want knowledge. Still today, verse 23 says, So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended, and the Gentiles say it's all nonsense. They want more than that. Let me tell you something. On the authority of the only true God there is, there's nothing more to be offered to the world than Jesus Christ and him crucified and eternity in heaven. You might get your blessings here, but if that's all you're looking for, you're looking short-sighted. Verse 24 said, but to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Verse 9 says, for Christ lives for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. What that says is Jesus is God in the flesh. Very God, the God in the flesh. Jesus didn't blaspheme when he said, I am the way. I am the truth. Jesus didn't blaspheme when, when he stood up in the temple and, 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 and healed the, the, the sick man and told him, your sins are forgiven. All the Jewish people started freaking out. No one can forgive sins but God. And Jesus is like, you're right. You're looking at it. What, what, did, he, what did he say? The, the apostle said, show us the Father and it will satisfy us. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus ain't enough for the average churchgoer today because the average churchgoer today is not determined and convinced that Jesus is the only real God that there is and real Christians get access to that. All these people talking about being influencers. Ooh, I, I, saw, I saw somebody on, 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 a, on a, a, a YouTube. They were so excited. Taylor Swift DM'd them. You'd have thought... You'd have thought she, you know, saw cancer or something. Taylor Swift, she's big now. 20 years ago, nobody heard from her. 20 years from now, nobody will know who she is. They come and they go. They come and they go. But she was so excited because she now had access to a private message, Taylor Swift. And I'm thinking, why don't people get excited about having access to talk to the only God that there is who created everything. 
Jesus was fully God. The theological name of that, we talked about it Wednesday night in Bible study. And Lord, I wish some of y'all, Wednesday night is my favorite time to be in church. We have so much uh, discussion and truth. Uh, and we talked about the deity of Christ, which is, which is in short saying that Jesus was God. And the fact that the number one telltale sign of all cults and false religions is they deny the deity of Christ. The Jews don't believe that Jesus was God in the flesh. Islam, Islam doesn't believe Jesus was God in the flesh. Seventh-day Adventists don't believe Jesus, the deity of Christ. Uh, Mormon church don't believe in the deity of Christ. And every other church out there that does not believe that Jesus was God in the flesh is a cult and a false religion. And they deny the scripture. Last verse. Come on, Victor. In verse 10, the Bible says, So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. So you also are complete. You are complete because of your union with Christ, not because you can walk through realms of fire, not because you can yabba-dabba-do, not because you can do miracles and, 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 and speak money into existence. You're complete if you're joined to Christ. Because he's the head over everything. So I'll leave you with this question. If you believe we're complete in him, because the Bible says so, then why are there so many people claiming salvation, and, and, and many truly say, that are struggling so hard? If we're complete in him, why can't liars find the power to stop lying I'm talking about I'm talking about people coming to save folk why can't smokers stop smoking why can't drinkers stop drinking why can't gluttons stop gluttoning why can't hoes stop hoeing why can't gossip stop gossiping why can't mean people stop being so mean why can't non-tithing people stop being so stingy if we're complete in him, if he's our all in all as he claims to be, if he's our everything as we claim he is, if, if he's all that and a bag of chips, why are we so disgruntled and stuck in our misery? You, I'll tell you why and we'll go. You may not admit it out of your mouth, but your lifestyle declares it. Because we don't believe Jesus is enough. We don't focus on the fact that Jesus is God. The old preacher used to say all the time, if, if God was sitting next to you, would you act like that? God sees everything. We dismiss that from our mind. You think you got closet this and closet that? You ain't got nothing in the closet from God. 75% of pastors in this country admit to watching porn. What kind of foolish nonsense? Listen to me. If, and I, you, I've told you this before, if you're so evil that you're pastoring a large church, filling your mind up with pornography, you ought to just lie and say you don't. 
These ain't even intelligent fools. They got no Holy Ghost anyway. They got no anointing. They got no power with God. They can't pray. God said, if you regard iniquity in your heart, I won't hear you when you pray. We are complete in Christ. Hear this and I'm done. If you have Jesus, he's more than enough. Because he's God. Pray with me. Thank you, God, for revealing yourself to us in the form of your son, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your word. Help us, God, to love you more than we love ourselves. Help us not to chase nonsense, but to invest our lives in your kingdom. God, I pray for every person who's unsaved that you would pour your love out on them. And for every Christian in this room, God, I pray you draw us close. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at AOCFnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to AOCFnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.